Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 95 of Season 5 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki-yay our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard 2 Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off Week 19 is Mark Hoffmeyer of Movies, Films, and Flicks. Welcome back to the show, Mark. I am inside of an airplane bathroom recording this episode, so if it's a bit loud, I got a pop filter. Uh, you know, I got the background noise off, but you might hear some flushing, some hand washing, and uh, if Liam Neeson's on the plane, maybe a fight. Just letting you know. Just make sure you don't drop anything into the blue water. Oh, gosh. Just make sure nothing from the plane drops, like in Joe Dirt. That's true. Awesome. Airplane, frozen airplane poop. Yeah, that 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 would not be good. But then again, you're on the plane, so it, it's not going to affect you as much. Yeah, but like, I would hate to see where it lands. If knowing it might be my fault. Right. Like I mess up the system and then a 200 pound block of frozen poop lands on someone. I mean, it's a good story. Like what happened to Hank? Well, <laughs> he got hit by frozen poop. <laughs> <laughs> Figures. You know, Hank always said that would happen. Yeah. I, I used to think as a kid that that's what happened on planes, that you would flush the toilet and it would just, you know, land anywhere. And then, you know, I, I realized at one point, you know, you're not going to be walking and then you just have, you know, this, I'm not, you're even talking about frozen poop. I'm talking, I was talking about, you know, in my mind, I was thinking not frozen poop, just landing on people. So, yeah. <laughs> well, from that height, right? Like from that height, what would happen to it in that speed? It would probably be broken down into nothing. Well, it takes us right? back to your St. Louis story from a few seasons back. You know, where you oh, almost, yeah, almost got, got killed. killed. You almost got killed by by uh, an icicle falling. So I still have I, you know, even when it's like I was walking to class the other day, and I looked up, and there's a little overhang on this building. It's like a nice, it's it's brutalist architecture. It looks good, but it has some uneven points. And I was like, I just ran underneath it. Like I I sprinted through because I was worried about the thing landed on me. Oh, wow. So I definitely have some effects from when that happened to me because that was close. Yes. I would rather have poop land on me than a, a gigantic chunk of ice, though. Frozen poop or just regular poop? <laughs> I don't know. Um, frozen poop would. Frozen poop, might, it, frozen poop might be, just be the same thing. I would say frozen poop first because that's a good story. And then because regular ice off the off a skyscraper, you're dumb enough to go walking during that time. Like that's, you know, that's kind of that's not smart. But like you could be anywhere and get hit by frozen poop. That's right. That's right. It, you could be in Florida. You could, you could be in anywhere. Everglades. That's right. You can be in, in, in the Sahara, and it could happen. <laughs> That's like CSI right there. There you go. That's like a Perot, Perot movie where everyone thinks someone did it, but it was just for, like space poop. <laughs> it reminds me of, you know, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the stories that, you know, when, when, when I was a kid, they used to say, well, what would happen if you drop a penny off the top of the Empire State Building? You know, that type of thing. So, yeah. That'd be horrifying if someone did that. People, do people do that? I, I hope not, because you really can kill a person that way. Or at least that's my assumption, because that's just nuts. What would happen to William Atherton if someone threw him out of the airplane? Um, hmm. he would he he would have a bunch of uh, marshmallow flush fluff all in him. 
Oh man, he's such a jerk. It's just insane. I know you got you've been talking about him, but it's just insane that he's back and then he's running amok in the bathroom. That's right. All right, we'll get there though. We'll work our way there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So minute ninety-five begins with Grant continuing to explain his new plan and ends with the the truck moving along towards the airport. So we we ended things yesterday with them leaving the the church. And Grant telling his men, okay, we now know where where uh, Stuart is. And he says, we move out in five minutes, flak jackets for everybody, body armor for the assault team, night scopes. And then he gets cut off yesterday, but today it continues with four of the snipers. And then he says, we will take them in the hangar. Sniper. That's right. We will take them in the hangar, and I will pull that detonator out of Stuart's dead <laughs> hand myself. You know, what detonator is he talking about? <laughs> well, they have a bomb on one of the planes, right? No, they don't. No, no Do bomb I? on any plane. And we've established that, you know, the church has the, these, maybe maybe he's referring to the the, the, the the explosives in the church. I mean, in, in if anyone, if you remember, in the script, the, the building actually blew up. The church blew up. The uh, church blew up at the beginning yeah. of this week. So it would just be very strange for him to like what detonator? I mean, we'll see oh. later if it if it if it's mentioned in the script. That's just I, I guess they are referring to the detonator for the church. That would make the most sense. Yeah. That he's basically saying that okay, we can't use this equipment because it's it's been booby trapped. And so we're gonna take the detonator out of Stuart's hand so then we can use it to land the planes. Even though Oh. Yeah, even, I guess. Even though but we that's all, pretty even that's though we assumption. All, that of course is an assumption. Well, what would what else? What other detonator could he be referring to? What other detonator could he be referring to? Because if you pull up the transcript, they don't really talk about a bomb. That's right. So that's it, I guess. There's, I mean, I never even thought about it till this very moment. The the fact that he says that there's a detonator in his hand, he's going to take the detonator minute by minute, hand. baby. That's right. I'm saying even when I did when I did my research, I didn't even think about the fact of the detonator. It's only now when when we're <laughs> when we're 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 you know talking about this back and forth like where the hell is this detonator or what is the detonator connected to and the only thing that it could be is the church yeah because it's wired and that's, that's right. the only so that's the only assumption we have is the c4 that's right in the church that's correct and he's going to take the detonator from him right but again in the script the church blew up so then i i hope that he doesn't have that in the script because that'll really throw us uh for a spin to try and figure out what detonator he's talking about if if the church is actually blown up. <laughs> I'm I miss detonators in movies. Speed had a detonator. Like I think True Lies had a detonator. Like so many movies have detonators. In a, in the 90s detonators were everywhere, I think. Like there's always a detonator. Like, wasn't wasn't that me, the way life on the trigger. Wasn't that the way life was in in the 90s? Everyone you know, <laughs> yeah, just everyone had detonators? That's right. Like Speed had a huge detonator scene. That's right. So it's just well, yeah, and speed, speed had more than one. Speed had speed had more than one. You had the the one at the <laughs> yeah, beginning, and the house, right? Yeah, the one in the house. You had the in the beginning when when they, you know, right after he shoots Harry, because you know then you know he he leaves and then there's the explosion. So there was a detonator there. There's a detonator on the on the elevator also. There's a detonator on the bus, obviously. There's a detonator on Wildcat. You know when she has to. To take the money. Jeez, always. There's a detonator you know, there's de- when they're fighting. He's holding. Short, 
That's right. He's holding the detonator in his hand. You know when when they uh, you know, when they're fighting inside of the the subway car and on the roof before you know. Yeah. And then they have to hold on to it. That's right. Before Payne loses his head. So. Because hmm. yeah, I'm taller. That's right. <laughs> yes, you are. I think Mark. there are detonators in twelve <laughs> rounds too with with Rennie Harlan again. There had to have been detonators on that one. I think there was a bomb in Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, I think so. I think there was too. Yeah. I missed. I remember Executive Decision had a great bomb scene. Oh yeah. Like that movie's all. That movie revolves around a bomb scene. That's right. Like we don't. We don't get many more of those anymore, do we? Nope. Because I, maybe because of digital technology. Well, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible movies have a lot of bombs. They have bombs, but, but do, the, do they have detonators as opposed to now it all being digital or via Wi-Fi or whatever? Oh, that's a great question. Okay, so. They never have Bluetooth. First detonators. one, he has he has gum. Oh wait, John Voight sets a detonator and blows up the car. That's right. Like they they detonate that. Mission Impossible three. There no, there's just a thing in her head that detonates. I don't remember any bombs. Mission Impossible four. Yeah, the briefcase. But then he has to hit the briefcase to turn it off. Mission Impossible five. There's a timer clock, but there's no detonator. He's just on his laptop. Yeah, I don't. I, wait, wait. Fallout. The detonator on Henry Cavill mm. that Tom Cruise has to get to. Okay. Tom Cruise is saving cinema. Detonator cinema. <laughs> it's possible. That's what it is. It's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Uh, and then Lorenzo, I, he's, I like that he's giving Lorenzo uh, orders. Yeah. Lorenzo then he goes, goes with it. Lorenzo, take all your men back to the airport. And they seal off every exit in case any of them tries to slip past us to break out onto the ground. Which, again, this also makes absolutely no sense. Okay. <laughs> what exits is he supposed to? They're about to get on a plane. <laughs> what exits do you cover? <laughs> <laughs> Lorenzo's like, got it. Like, later on, he's going to be like, what? What? That's huh? right. <laughs> yeah. You, you go, he doesn't even say got it. He goes, you got it. Meaning, all right, we're <laughs> friends it. now. We're friends now. <laughs> yeah, he says, sir. And then he goes, you got it. That's right. <laughs> when you say you got it, you're friendly with the person. That's right. There's, I don't know if there's ever a mean you got it. That's right. And the beginning of this, this week, it. they were arguing, you know, so yeah. I don't know. Or actually, no, it was last, last week they were arguing when he's trying to find McLean and McLean. And he basically says to him, uh, Lorenzo, why don't you do something useful and go uh, and go block off the street? <laughs> so then he you became friendly. He became friendly over the over the last uh, over the last week and a half. Is there a way to say you got it to someone negatively? You got it. You got it. You mean like sarcastically you saying no. you got it? Yeah, you got it. Oh yeah, like someone's dropping something and they're like, oh, you got it. But that's like a different. That's like a different word then. Yeah, because. That's more of a verb. That's right. Like, did you get it? Or like, you got it? Get it? Got it good. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> the yeah. other one's just like understanding. Yeah, I got it. That's right. 10-4. <laughs> Copy that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and, I was talking to people about mashed potato snow the other day. Mm -hmm. They're like, what? Mashed potato snow? And I had to talk to him about this movie and AVP. And I told him about how mashed potato flakes can be used. And, you know, that Rennie Harlan throughout this commentary talks about the fact of the fact that it always smelled like burnt mashed potatoes because, because <laughs> it was so because they had so many heaters on because it was freaking cold, but there was no snow. 
Oh, so there's taters everywhere. That's right. <laughs> oh, I love it. But I had a conversation about that, and it made me happy. Yeah, great. Did you tell them to at least come and listen to the show? <laughs> oh, they've all listened to it. That's why oh. we had the conversation. Oh, okay. They, yeah, they, they, okay, they're probably sense. going through it a second time. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> they like episodes 36, 22, 45. And everything marked three. Up. Yeah. And then uh, 91 through 95. And then they also said that 7, 78, and 82 were standouts. Okay, those were good episodes. So I can I can understand <laughs> that. Yeah. Makes sense. So they're right. So they actually have listened to it. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. <laughs> and then the scene, the scene changes, and we're, we're actually now in a bathroom. And uh, it's it's a nice shot because they show how cramped this this area is. And Thornburg somehow is still, you know, managing to do whatever he needs to do there. You know, Rennie Harlan is so good. You get that overhead shot. And like you said, it establishes immediately that it's cramped. Like, you know, an airport airplane bathroom is cramped, but it's just nice to have that overhead shot to give you reference in place. And then he goes in for the close up because it would just be such a flat shot if it was just him. Right. So it was nice to get that overhead shot in there. Yeah, and I think I think what what's funny is is that as cramped as it looks, I think in real airplanes it's even more cramped. You know, like they've they've given us oh, a yeah. little more room than you really need, but it still still doesn't look like it's enough. Yeah, we did leave out the yawning henchman. I just want to let you know that's in the truck. Did you see him? You could tell it was a night shoot because there's a henchman on there yawning. Which one? I I I actually didn't know. Oh, the guy in the back. Yeah. Oh wow. A, <laughs> I've never. I didn't know. Good old that. night shoot right there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's really tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, night shoots suck. So, I mean, I get it. I, that, that was not planned. Dude probably just yawned. Probably the That's fourth right. take. You got mashed potatoes on you. You just want to go home. It's freezing. And and he's a stuntman, so it's not like he has any lines or anything like that. He just needs to be sitting there and yawning like you're doing right now. You see, just talking about yawning you know, is making when you, you yawn. You know, when you get lights in your face, you yawn more. You know that? Uh, I did not know that. At least that's how I felt. Whenever I've been had lights in my face, I start yawning. You mean like bright lights Weird. from from a from a shoot? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like interviews or like setting up lights. You just yawn. Okay, bright light, bright light. Maybe you're gra- maybe 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 you're a mugwai. I mean, that'd be awesome. Like, but then yeah. that means I'm not in gremlin form yet, so I got to be careful. Well, gremlin form is just as bad. <laughs> you, Imagine you know, me being a gremlin. I, I don't want to be a gremlin. I, that means I would be big. I would probably get to like what, fifteen feet. If you're a gremlin, or if you're a mugwai. Well, all right. So, how big was Stripe compared to 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 Gizmo? Gizmo was probably a third of the height. Of Stripe. Yeah. Wait, of Stripe as a gremlin or Stripe as a mugwai? As a gremlin. Oh, okay. Right. I thought you were talking about as a mugwai. Mugwais, they were all pretty much the same. Same height. So I think Stripe is probably triple the size. So then would I be 18 feet? Um, Quite possibly. Wow. So, Mark, you got to make sure that rough. you don't eat after midnight. Yeah. Jeez Louise. <laughs> all those nights partying. Good thing. That's interesting. right. I wonder why I haven't turned yet. Um, <laughs> don't know. Maybe maybe you're just not a, a real uh, Mogwai. What can I tell you? <laughs> you're an adopted Mogwai. I will say. You're an adopted You Mogwai. were right, though. Atherton does have a good amount of foot space in here. And it looks That's like there's right. carpet. Yeah. That's right. 
but uh, I, is there car- is there usually carpet? No, it's usually just like the the. Uh, I think it's like a plastic uh, floor because I guess it makes it easier to clean when you know everyone uh, seems to miss the toilet. That's horrifying. You know how dirty that carpet is. You know how many people have peed on that? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I don't. Are you sure that's? Are you sure it's a carpet? No, it might. That's, it might that's be hundred percent carpet. That's carpet. No, it could be. It could be a brown. Uh, uh, maybe it's just a really dirty piece of plastic. I I don't think that looks like carpet to me. Can you zoom in? No, nah, I don't have a way of zooming in. I but guarantee you, you they put carpet in for this shoot because it's quiet. Maybe. Because you can't have his feet tapping on on plastic in this shoot because it would make a lot of noise. So they probably put carpet in just to keep it quiet for the sound and to absorb sound to keep the echoes from going. Okay. That is possible. Well, then this but, airline but, is terrible. But it doesn't, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to have carpeting on, on a cramped airline bath uh, restroom that basically everyone is going to be uh, messing up pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't I don't think that that's uh, such a such a good idea here. <laughs> On its first flight, it would be wrecked. Yes, and and think about the smell in there. If that was the case, horrifying. Yeah, I mean, I get it for soundry. So uh, I'm I'm watching this. Yeah, that's car. That's that's got it. That's carpet. It 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 does it does resemble carpet. Yes, but it also you can see you can see like the pattern on it that looks like the pattern from like a plastic. Uh, you know, it has like the the circles and X's and stuff like that. You see what I'm talking about with that? You need to get in touch. You need to get in touch with the set decorator from this movie and figure this out. <laughs> you know what? I I will give that to you as as a a, a job if you really want. A Harlanite, a Rennie Harlanite. I gotta figure go. it out. Sure, why not? Does does Rennie you ever like... call Rennie Harlan H Train? No. No. Why would I call Have him? Have you ever given him any nicknames throughout this? No, no. I'm I'm not a nickname person. I'm not a person who makes up nicknames for people. Hmm. You know, I know you and J, you and Jay love giving yourselves new nicknames every single episode, but no, no. I never had one in real life because my the Hoffmeyer was everything. I gave him a Hoff. Like it, no one had to call me anything else. It was just Hoffmeyer or Hoff. Okay. So that's not really a nickname. That's just your name. That's right. It's to differentiate you from someone else. It's to differentiate yeah. you from the other mark. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Hoffmeyer. That's what I got most of the time. Or Hoff. There you go. I never had like, you know, Spud. I don't know. I probably went there because of all the potatoes. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> and I mean, we we when you when you look at this this shot, this overhead shot, so you you can see a lot of what's going on here. I mean, you see his notepad with. He's got pages and pages of notes. So, you know, mm-hmm. he, he might be an ass, but he, he apparently seems to be someone who is pretty good at his job. You know, he knows how to quickly put together a story. Whether, whether he's going to do it in a positive uh, spin or not is a different story. But, you know, he's, he's able to, to compose his thoughts well enough to be able to tell over uh, at least his perspective of what's going on here. Which makes sense because I I think the guy has to have some well, well I know there's people don't have to climb the ladder to be great like great people don't always like 
you can be pretty me- mediocre and climb the ladder depending on who you know or whatever. But he seems like a pretty capable guy. That's just a jerk, but he's good at what he does, but he's still a jerk. So everyone yeah. hates working with him, but he's mm-hmm. still working, even though right. everyone knows he's terrible. Right. Yeah, this guy sucks, but he's good. So we'll just keep him around in case he's ever in a bathroom and there's a terrorist threat. That's right. In an airport. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Oh, man. And then we, we, we get to hear him uh, on talking on the phone. He says, all right, here we go. And then we hear through the phone, uh, Ruben, you know, the, the guy uh, on the, uh, you know, on, on the newsroom floor, the producer, he goes, mm-hmm. Dick, this is nuts. Every station in town has people at the airport. And then has heard a whisper of the shit you're running. And he says, well, none of them is me. You want proof? <laughs> Try this. And he, he presses the button on the mini recorder. And then we hear Barnes's voice say, repeat, terrorists have murdered civilians and cut off the two systems that can allow you to land. A special U.S. Army unit is already here and preparing to take out the terrorists. And then Ruben goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thornburg says, I want you to go live now. Key me in from the files. A publicity shot. Whatever. Connie's got That's one. That's what he's worried about, too. That's he's right. just worried about his publicity shot. And he know I like that he knows that Connie has one. Connie That's seems right. like she's on the ball. That's right. And 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 get a map. Steal one from weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that line. Like that's a good touch though. Like she's got it. Like that's that's pretty good script writing. Connie's got a map, steal a map from weather. Like that's that's right. At least they it sounds like they know. I don't know if it works like that, but at least it sounds good. Well, you you'd think that they wouldn't need to steal it. They would just, you know, ask for it, but yeah, maybe the weather person's really kind of jerky. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're but again, very it's, particular. A, it's the technical person who will be giving it to them. Not you don't have to go to the weatherman. You know, find Phil Connors and ask him for permission to be able to use the map. But I mean, listen, maybe the map has been taken before and it never got brought back, and now they're just super mad about it. They have to like ask for permission. And well, Dick considering ask for permission. considering it's a, considering it's a digital map, uh, <laughs> I don't think you really need to worry about someone taking <laughs> it. But okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm just, you know, I just don't think Dick is the type of person to ask somebody for something. He just takes no, it. No, you know, start start typing your resume. <laughs> Network, <laughs> here I come. That's right. And then then Ruben says, uh, we're on it. We're cutting in five minutes. Tell the affiliates if they want in. They got three minutes to shout. Let's do this. And then Network, here I come. So, I mean, I, I love the whole idea that they're talking about affiliates and, and all that stuff. It's pretty Pretty in depth for a bathroom scene in Die Hard too. That's right. <laughs> can can you believe that this is his office basically? You know he's he's doing all of this this coordination and the logistics all from a cramped bathroom. And I like that there's nobody knocking, right? It's kind of nice because they probably don't want to go into a bathroom with carpet. They're, everyone's probably holding it right now. They're like, have you been in that carpet? It's soggy. That's right. Imagine That's if true. squish. Oh, it's gross. Yeah, just thinking about it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This wet carpet. Wet, stinky carpet. Yeah. Do you, do you think it, that if someone is outside of the bathroom, they can hear him uh, giving his uh, speech here? Do you think he's talking that loud? I'm trying to think of when, when you're on an air. You know what? Maybe you don't hear it because there's always the, the fan that's going. Mm-hmm. You know, that loud fan. Which here is not, you know, is is not cause is not causing any problems. 
Yeah, that, you know, I didn't even think about that. When when you're usually in the bathroom on a plane and you cl- and you you flip the switch to lock it, so then a fan goes on and it makes a lot of noise. Yeah, and I've never heard somebody t- talk to themselves in a bathroom, so I've never had to listen. Like, I've never been by a bathroom door and been like, "What's going on in there?" You know what I mean? I've never heard someone talk to themselves in there, so I don't think I have a reference. Right. Well, we, that's because you can't hear them because the fan is going. And I think that's good, though, because, you know, you don't want the people sitting right next to the bathroom hearing things like you want to have that fan on. That's true. You want to get that noise. That's true. And we're not even talking about, you know, not wanting to hear uh, Dick Thornburg talking to, you know, to to Ruben. (laughs) (laughs) There there are other sounds you do not want to hear if you're sitting close to the to the restroom on an airplane. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I, I think I don't think anyone's hearing him. I don't. Because everyone's no. sort of freaked out as it is, right? Tensions are high. Pro- people are probably talking on the plane. That guy's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. There it is. And and his last line here basically tells us who Thornburg is. You know, he's saying, network, here I come. That, that's, that's the only thing he wants here. He's not doing this for any altruistic reason. He's doing this in order to, you know, get ahead. That's it. Yeah. He wants to work with Holly Hunter. Well, she doesn't work for the network. She, you know, then then I thought she was broadcast news. She was. She was in broadcast news, but she wasn't the the whole idea was is that they wanted to get to the network, which was in New York. Oh yeah. Mm. You know, Nichol Nicholson was the head newscaster <laughs> yeah. there. You know, that well, William Hurt eventually wanted to take over for. Okay, well then she wants to work with Faye Dunaway. Um he wants to work with Faye Dunaway. Maybe or William Holden. Maybe. <laughs> there it is. Well, well, not with not with uh, Peter Finch. Things are bad. Wait, Peter Finch. Peter Finch plays Howard Beale. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. That's the. That's right. That's things that's are bad. Everyone knows things are bad. That's right. I would love to be working next to him at that moment. This is awesome. <laughs> you mean when I would he's love giving to be next speech? to somebody when they have a meltdown on screen? When they have the meltdown, or when someone shoots them? <laughs> I mean, either or. And as long as I walk out safely, no, no shooting. No, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Meltdown would be good. Like, have you seen the SNL episode when the teleprompters go down and everyone starts going crazy and they have yes. to keep cutting a commercial? Yes. That's what I want to be. Except I don't <laughs> want to get brutally taken out by Will Ferrell. Probably not. <laughs> Two seconds at the end where we see the, the army truck uh, uh, driving along and on the commentary. So Rennie Harlan mentions how complicated it was just to film the truck this way because they had this complicated crane shot that just wasn't really working for them. <laughs> I love that he just, yeah, we had a crazy, he's the best. Rennie Harlan's the best. He's just, yeah, because he, he doesn't mind, uh, I, I don't know how long after they made the movie, you know, he did the commentary, but he doesn't mind uh, explaining all of the crap they went through when they were making it. You know, because yeah. like he, he laughs it off at this point. I'm going to say it. I think I've listened to a lot of commentaries. I love John Singleton. I think he's one of the best. I also think that Edgar Wright's really good. John Singleton, Edgar Wright, and Rennie Harlan. And Paul W. Paul w. Sanderson does a good commentary, too. But they're all very open. They explain the scenes. They explain what went wrong, like what into it. They really get into the minutiae. Like, people like Taika Waititi just eat chips and talk <laughs> the whole time. 
And it's just like, it's an, it's really insulting. Like, I like when they appreciate, I feel like Rennie Harlan is like, listen, people who are listening to this want to know things and I'm going to tell you things and I'm going to be open. And it's, it's just so refreshing. And I love his commentaries. And he also explains all of his choices. And it's really hard to hate his movies because I don't really hate his movies, but like, cause once he explains them all, you're like, oh, okay. Like I got in your head space and now I understand it. Right. So I, I appreciate that from him. He's great. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So the script is slightly different here. So we, we you know, we, we started off with uh, Grant giving his uh, uh, little speech. So I'll back up slightly just so we have the whole full paragraph. And he goes, we move out in five minutes, body armor for everybody, full metal jackets. We will take them in, in the hangar. Or we will shoot that plane out of the sky. Lorenzo, take your men back to the airport and seal off the exits in case anyone tries to break out on the ground. So, no mention of a detonator. Here he's talking about the fact that they're, <laughs> they're going to blow the plane out of the sky. <laughs> you you oh, had forgotten man. about the detonator, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Jesus, ways. That's the problem when you kind of cut and cut and paste scenes. Like then they just get, then they're, you know they're just kind of there. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and then Lorenzo obviously gets, says to him, "You got it." And then a you shot. You got it. You got it. Then in a shot in the studio, a chaotic meeting of new staffers. The producer waves for quiet, hovers over a speakerphone. Dick, this is nuts. First you do Siamese twin drag queens, not hard news. And second. Every station in town has people out at the airport, and none of them has heard even a whisper of this sh- running down. This is this is in the airport uh, laboratory. Well, none of them is me. You want proof? Try this. And he plays the microcassette. We hear Barnes's earlier transmission in the TV station. There's a stunned reaction. The producer goes, "Jesus!" Thornbridge says, "I want you to go live now. Keep me in from the files. A publicity shot, whatever. Connie's got one, and a map. Steal, uh, steal one from Weather." We're on it. We're on it. We're cutting in five minutes. Tell the affiliates if they want in, they got three minutes to shout. Network, here we come. So, uh, you know. The, the, it's way better what they did in the movie. Yeah, way for sure. better. Ditch for the sure. stupid joke. Meat and potatoes. Soggy toilet. Soggy toilet carpet. Just give me that. That's what I want. That's right. And And a detonator. <laughs> and a detonator. That's all I need. And a detonator you know, so I was in thinking a about car some of my favorite. <laughs> Ooh, a detonator <laughs> in a yeah. Ooh, I need a picture of that. I was thinking about some other toilet scenes I like in movies that are on airplanes. Okay. And there's a great bathroom fight in Nonstop with Liam Neeson and Anson Mount. Yes. It's a fight scene entirely in a bathroom. Yeah. Then get smart when well uh, Steve Carell enters a thing and just spears himself a lot, and then he falls out of the plane. Tommy Boy, when he's trying to get changed, is like an all-timer airplane bathroom scene. Okay. And then Snakes on a Plane features a couple trying to, like, hook up. And then the guy gets, I'm pretty bitten sure by, he gets, he gets yeah, bitten by the snake. In, a, in a spot. Yeah. And yes. so, you know, that's a David R. Ellis. He, he was the second unit director of Deep Blue Sea with our man, Rennie Harlan. Ooh. So there's a connection right there. So those are, those are some that came to my mind. Just... Just kind of bathroom scenes right there. I thought. Right. Well, kind of, I, I mean, they don't have that many. You know, the, the, you'll have movies which which people will possibly allude to, like the Mile High Club or something like that, and walk towards the bathroom. <laughs> All 
All right, so every Friday we have a segment called Where Are They Up To This Weekend? Where I test my guests' memory of some of their favorite movies. So Mark has done two move, uh, scenes, movie scene movie uh, podcasts. Right, he, he did uh, Deep Blue Sea and Con Air. And now we're going to try and figure out. So at this point, We've gone through to 95 minutes of this movie. So we're at minute one, uh, one hour and 35 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So what is going on in Deep Blue Sea at the 95 minute mark? Okay. 95. So, I mean, it's an, uh, the movie's an hour and 40 minutes. The movie is an hour and so by- 40. The movie is an hour and 45. Okay, hour forty-five. Right. So you just so have to take off ten 95, minutes. Yeah. So take and then dump out credits, probably four four minutes, and then he blow. I'm gonna work my way backwards. So the credits, the entire song is there's two songs in there. So like let's say four minutes of credits, and then there is Carter and Thomas G, Carter and Preacher on the thing chatting, and then there is. So around that minute, I would say that Susan has just about jumped into water or has gotten eaten, and Thomas Jane is currently about to get on the shark while LL Cool J is waking up. All right, well, I'm say that Preacher is getting ready to to shoot the the, the harpoon. Yeah. Ah. There you go. I knew it. Very good. Very hey. good. Yeah. Well, come on. I, I I know I can trust you in these things, Mark. <laughs> Con Air's hard, though. I don't know if I could get the Con Air. I feel okay. like Con Air was just like... All right, let me try, though. Okay. All right. So you can, in Con Air, you have 20 minutes left in the movie. All right. Wow. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. So we have the chase. We have the crash. We have them getting on the plane. We have the chaos. We have the fight. We have the shot. You work backwards meets them do i think the, okay so 20 minutes left they're just getting back on the plane and the helicopters are chasing them mm, no <laughs> oh gosh what is yeah. it well so we we have the 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 scene where they're they're talking about what their plan is and he goes the strips where i'm where i'm gonna land only the word is crash Oh, wow. So there's a lot. I forget. You know, I think if you listen to Con Air, I forget about how long that chase is every time I talk about it. Like, that's a long action scene. Yeah. So, yeah. And then he has to go back to his wife. And then there's the, then Steve Buscemi. So, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that works. Right. That's a, so you, you get the Swamp Thing. That's what you get here. <laughs> I love Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing's the best. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually He's the MVP love, of the movie. I, I love MC Ganey. I think I think he's great. Yeah. In just about anything that he does. Did he he's in Club Dread and he has this line. He's like he's like some ass always trying to the apple pie. Like this is one of the funniest lines I've ever heard. <laughs> and then he gets his throat slit. But he it's just a funny line from him. I love him. Oh wow. <laughs> I mean I'm just amazed that he has 193 credits on IMDb. I mean this is a guy who's had a very very long career. 
mostly of small little parts, but but still. Did did you ever have you ever seen the movie Sideways? Yeah, well, full full frontal nudity. That's right. He's he and he. That's like the only scene he has. You know, full frontal chasing uh, Thomas Hayden Church. That's what he's got. I think if he, you just need he a was also in Lost, wasn't he? Bring in MC Ganey. He was on Lost, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was in yeah. 20, he 21 of, episodes. He had a lot to do on Lost. Yeah, yeah. right. He was in 20, he many episodes. Twenty twenty one episodes. Oh wow. Yeah. Hey, good for him. Yeah. I love MC Ganey. Yeah, he's always he's always fun. It's like Uncle Ganey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mark, do you want to uh, one last time this week uh, tell people where they can find uh, Mark Hoffmeyer? Yeah, movies, films, and flicks. Uh, uh, just a bunch of. I, I just had to finish two videos for fandom, so you could go to the YouTube page and do fandom by the numbers. And then I'm writing for the Ringer, so I should have two articles and one in late September, one in late October or October. I just do work for Rotten Tomatoes, and I have episodes for film theory, so about MCU and the Mandalorian. And then Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, which we're doing really well. We're back to weekly, and yeah, that's that's where it is. All right, and obviously people can yeah. go and they can they can listen to all the episodes of Conair Pod, which currently isn't doesn't have any new episodes, but you guys finished it over the summer. You did a great job, and uh, so anyone can probably go find that and listen listen to all forty episodes. A lot of fun. That one got loose. <laughs> yeah, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Around Minute. You can find me on X. I still haven't figured out why they call it X now instead of they should just left it Twitter, whatever, um, Facebook yeah. and on my website, moveaboutminutes.com. So, Mark, thank you very much for joining me this week. I, I had a blast. But honored to be here. Glad that you thought of me and glad that I got to come here and, and talk about mashed potatoes and poop <laughs> and frozen poop. Yeah, frozen poop and <laughs> soggy, gross bathroom carpets, carpet on yeah. airplanes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So everyone have a great weekend. I will be back on uh, Monday with a new guest. But until then, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages, it